This episode of Speakers of Fightland is made possible by our generous patrons. Special thanks to our supreme and master speakers, Omage Cat Comet, Erisu Yamakawa, Circuit Barakil, Remy Asalia, Arcadia Lunashine, Alex Franco AV, Winebow Brood, Psyche, Asuta Starbreeze, Cletus Oreo, Nina Grimstarter, Nat Clay, Lily Black, Bob Cece, Mictor Rappentau, Sapa Chakwatol, Edwin, Umbral Wind, Quick Levin, Pamela Isley, Camille Grinoa, Lenriel Maximus, Codrith Novelis, Mira Miri, Bay Barbale, Suno Chicano, Celestau Notrell, Lazy Boy, Abaga Dragonite, Luke Osborne, Pandalu Stormarrow, Tex, Yowie Wowie, Kai Lin, AJ Brainswordson, Anathus Moonscar, Arthur Law, Beridan Derard, and Saipup. Support the show and become a patron today at patreon.com slash speakersxiv. Thank you. This is Speakers of Eorcians, welcome to Speakers of Fidel in episode 284. I'm Lukeel Bravestone and I'm joined today by Georgi Wiston and Mela Vanadar. Hello. Um, it is January 29th, 2022, and our main topics today uh, are two interviews done with Yoshi P. Uh, it, it's about 14's design philosophy as an MMO. There's some more stuff in there. It's kind of interesting. It's It might sound a bit dry, but uh, it, 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 there's some good stuff in there. Uh, we'll also talk about patch 6.08, which released... Um, on Tuesday this week, which will be last week if you're watching on demand. Um, actually, would it be next week for the people? We've had this discussion before, but for me, the week starts on Monday. But I know that in a lot of countries, the week starts on Sunday. I mean, it's Saturday for most people, so... <laughs> so it's still Sunday. It's a very good <laughs> point this, that you just made there. You're already... Tuesday normally as well. <laughs> so true it is saturday not sunday for well for you it's sunday isn't it Yurgi? well yeah but i don't think you need there to you specify go. that <laughs> it's sunday for Yurgi. i don't even know where this was going um oh yeah sorry about uh, when it uh, okay yeah tuesday this week but if you're watching on demand it was last week all right uh, we'll also be reading Mogmail, speakersxiv.com slash Mogmail, and stay tuned for the post-show. We'll be reading questions from the syndicate. Whew. Um, that's all. Uh, that's the show. So uh, I, get, I think we can just jump straight into it. Here is recent yeah. events. Yes, and in recent events, we will start with uh, the big news that the Oceanian data centers, sorry, data center has opened. Um, wow, wow, wow. Round of applause. Congratulations, um, Australians. Congratulations. Um, Materia has opened. Um, what was the first few days like? I saw that there was a little bit some. There's a world that's full already, right? 
Um, not full. It's like it's not like it's like closed for character creation. But yeah, it's closed for. It's occasionally closed when it's over capacity, but mm -hmm. like it's not like completely locked out. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, that is Ravana. Yeah. So the the community has somewhat divided itself very even. Well, not evenly, but like nicely. So Ravana is supposedly. I mean, we're a week in, or less than a week in. So this, yeah. is, this there's nothing <laughs> of this is like set in stone yet. But right. Ravana is supposedly where most of the raiders have gone. Mm -hmm. uh, Zervan is where the raiders that can't get on Ravana have gone. Um, uh, Sophia is apparently where the RPs primarily have headed. Okay. Um, uh, what's next? Uh, Sephiroth is for streamers and shit posters, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, Bismarck is for New Zealanders. Wow. New Zealand got the shittiest server. Why are you like this? <laughs> you mm -hmm. sent them to Bismarck. Um, okay. Um, I'm assuming a lot of the, the, the congestion, if there is any... Well, there is. Um, is because people are making characters to get their free 15 days as well. Mm -hmm. Um... Yes. So that will that I mean, will probably level off eventually. But it's not just that; it's also the fact that so many people were trying to transfer their characters that we broke the Mog Station oh, yeah, transfer true. system. Yes, yes, chaos. Um, so yeah, that um, looking besides that, it was a successful launch. Uh, I think, uh, yes, except for I've the seen no yeah. major issues in regards to anything that people have been complaining about. Right. Um, okay, so there you go. It is real. Um, so Kotaku uh, made, uh, well, it's Kotaku Australia, um, mm -hmm. did an interview with Yoshi P about this uh, data center. Um, um, so I think we'll just read that. There's a couple of, well, there's some interesting questions here. Why did you choose mm. Materia as the Oceanian data center's name? Um, Good thank question. Yeah. Um, the name Materia is actually the name, this is Yoshi P saying this, the name Materia is actually the name of the first logical data center on the physical Oceanian data center. If it receives a huge boost in players and our service is expanded with a second logical data center, we'll need to decide on more Getting names. Ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so what I mean to say is we had no intention to call it Materia because of the location in Oceania. And instead, the starting point was our desire to give it uh, a name that expresses a concept from the Final Fantasy franchise. The name Materia is from Final Fantasy, oops, uh, Final Fantasy uh, 7. Uh, and... What is happening to my show notes? Are you seeing this? Okay, hold on. No, um, I'm not seeing anything. <laughs> because of the location, sorry. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, and many Final Fantasy fans are familiar with it. So I think people will easily grow fond of this name. There are many types of materia in Final Fantasy XIV too. As such, another reason for our decision was that um, we thought it would be great for various players to gather in a logical data center bearing this name. That is the most no answer answer I've ever heard. <laughs> I've just always a good name. wanted. I've always wanted to live in a data center that's named after something we jam into gear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. Well, if if materia is because there's lots of types of materia, so we want lots of types of players to go on Oceanian data servers. What mm. the hell does chaos mean? <laughs> Europe. <Yeah. laughs> it's just Europe. Um, 
Yeah, okay. So how do you anticipate material will affect current server congestion? Can players expect uh, to see a reduction in current queue times? Uh, currently, we're seeing a gradual return to how things were before Endwalker's launch, regarding the way players are engaging with the game. Also, we've observed that, observed that the amount of time logged in and the amount of time played continuously after logging in have started to vary from person to person. Some of the extremely populated worlds are experiencing congestion during peak hours, but we expect that things will gradually calm down over time. Furthermore, since there were no data centers in Oceania before, players in the region tend to be scattered across the three data center regions, Japan, North America, and Europe, and are mainly concentrated in certain worlds. As these players move to the Oceanian data center, there will be a greater spread of players across the data centers, which we believe will have some impact on reducing login queue times. Yeah, so that's us, kind of, what we expect. Mm. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. very curious to see how much uh, Tonbury's population is going to change. Oh, yeah, that's that true. that is the major English-speaking... Uh, world on the Japanese data center. Mm -hmm. So mm. Yeah. that'll show to a certain extent how much it was bolstered by particularly Australians and New Zealanders, but English speakers throughout Southeast Asia in general. Mm -hmm. It's interesting uh, just for the JP servers in general, because I mean, while Tonberry was the Australian data center, I'm sure there were a lot of Australian and New Zealanders on other servers mm. as well that are now moving back. I would assume they would be mostly be on the data center that Tonbury yeah, was on. Yes. But I couldn't tell you what one that was. Right. <laughs> right. Because they have like 50. <laughs> they have 50 data centers. <laughs> um, right. Uh, are you able to... So that's kind of all he has to say about the Oceanian data center here. Well, actually, no. He, mm. he talks about it again. We have a little detour. Uh, because uh, they talk about Island Sanctuary, and we are we have like no info on Island Sanctuary, <laughs> so we have to talk about this. Um, are you able to talk at all about Island Sanctuary yet? Will it release? Will its release coincide with Materials launch? Well, spoilers. Well, definitely not. No. Well, hang on. Uh, Yoshi P says, <laughs> "Hang on, Island Sanctuary will not be released as one of the 6.0x patches, but in the patch 6.e." Mm. He did what mm. I said he was going to do in the patch six point X series instead. It, it was it it's not my memory. It definitely was six point one X. It was. I'm pretty sure it was, mm -hmm. but then now it isn't. Now it's just six point X. They're doing the um the di uh, Eureka. Eureka thing. Yeah. Currently Eureka was uh, like uh, just halfway through an expansion when it finally came. It was rubbish. Eureka was really bad. Mm -hmm. Just wait and uh, see. That's going to be the same thing with Island Sanctuary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, currently, the development team has completed a mock-up and implemented the system, enabling us to now play the beta version. So they're on the beta version testing it. So it may not be that far off. But then again, he might just be talking shit right now. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> Please look forward to information about the release schedule that will be announced in the future. Well, I don't want a release schedule. I want a concept. I want to know what the hell it actually is. Uh, well, yeah. Mayla, you're getting a release schedule at the end of February, and you'll enjoy your release schedule. Yeah. But what is it still? It's, okay, so, well, from what he's saying here, there, there's a mock-up, and there is a, the system has been implemented, so they can play the beta version, which means we might be able to see something during yeah, the live letter. They might have bit. maybe a screenshot of something. Um, They'll but yeah. show the same piece of artwork that they probably us will. Time now. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, there you go. It gives me hope that at least they might touch on it a little during the next live letter. Yeah, oh. but uh, it needs because the concept so far is like 
a little place you can put your minions on sometimes. Yeah. And that they have, like, their own, That's... like, currency, like, inside its own little bubble. It was weird. The the, the little we know is it's intriguing, but... But not mm. also, also not a lot. Right? No. No, we don't it have a lot. definitely needs to be fleshed out. And, and that makes it worse, because that's why a lot of people are bringing up, like, Animal Crossing and stuff yeah. like that, because we don't really know what they're making. Um, so... No. Uh, they're, they're falling into that... Um, I keep saying Diadem for Eureka, but I, Diadem had the same issue, where they were hyping up Diadem and just gave us a little bit and then didn't show us anything. Um, yeah. So we all had these, like... It being just a new restoration project, I think. <laughs> or, like, you know, yeah. the Dome and Enclave again. Like just contained just, in a farm. Yeah, oh, I, I, I sincerely hope it's not the dominant player. <laughs> no, I hope not. But it's if it's just putting minions down. What else is there to do? It can't be like. Well, no, he said it, he said there was content. stuff like you could farm and there's. Yeah, mm, I mean, we've, yeah. we've seen a in the artwork itself, which is a paddock that has a horse, one of the That's muscle true. horses yeah, that Rollo hates, and mm -hmm. a chocobo. So like, there has to be something to that. <laughs> I just I want to point out that the devs have not built up Island Sanctuary at all. Yeah, that's the point. That's the problem, because they threw out a few crumbs, showed us a really cool artwork, and then now we are left to speculate as to what it is. Because <laughs> And mm. that's... I mean, if they'd just shown us anything, we would have been like, okay, that's what you the content is. You can say it's on the player's fault for hyping up themselves, of course. but it's... Um, but they know what they're doing. They Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right. Um, moving on, can players expect any special items to celebrate Materia's launch? Since this involves the opening of new worlds, various uh, new worlds, various bonuses and items will be available for players choosing a new world. Having said that, we have not prepared any special items. If you're new to the game, we do have everything you need to get your adventure off to a smooth start, and I hope you'll enjoy your adventures while taking advantage of what is available. Well, yeah, I wouldn't expect any unique items. Well, well, no. hang on. I mean, before we move on i think they got something pretty special mm -hmm. as you can see on well, screen it's the most awesome artwork of Oceania or australasia Possibly. oh yeah we it's haven't so really cool. mentioned i that. want a europe one so badly we're now. never gonna get anything Look how good it looks they've made yeah. wellington like hell apparently um <laughs> it's got tasmania it's got the great barrier reef it's got a scree <laughs> Look at the sheep on the bottom on the southern island of New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so Maybe. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. It, yeah, it has a, a serpent of Ronka. Maybe <clears> the equivalent <throat> of serpents of Ronka live in Mericidia on Aeosia. In, in mm, mm, yeah. Mm. I like that it has a customized Uluru icon as well. Yeah. Mm hmm. It's very, very cool. cool. Um, I like that. So I've had a little bit of a chance to play around on Sephiroth. In materia specifically mm -hmm. is this what double weaving is like because I, I this is a <laughs> mythical concept to me up until this point yeah yeah god it's you have weird. been yeah you, yeah you've just been playing the game <laughs> wrong you've been so playing long. the way we played a realm reborn in like yeah 2.0 which is was not great which was so mm. bad that we complained and got new servers you've had to play, you might be able yes. to play like machinist. this until now which is sad i mean I don't want to play too much on it because then I'll just not be able to go back, which I need to be because that's where the majority of my stuff is for yeah. two reasons. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Me being able to like not take damage if you leave the AOE circle after the AOE circle has already <laughs> disappeared, very, very mind blowing. 
things we take for granted. But yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I I just like that the housing districts are completely closed off. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I went to do the Uldar unlock one, and then I went and said, this area is not available. Mm -hmm. And yeah, obviously, because the game is so spaghetti that anyone that transfers over, they can't prevent them from buying in that region <laughs> because it's technically already unlocked. Right. Yeah. Can you not complete where the heart is or whatever it's called then no you can't you can't complete that in any of the re the regions That's funny. <laughs> good lord oh, well. well at but least you can, you, you can uh, look around you yeah. can look around um the ishgardian one imperium right because <laughs> oh, yeah. that's not available anywhere no they don't have that's to true. technically hide that because no one can buy that that's so weird was that the same way they did it with spriggan mela do you remember Spriggan and uh, uh, whichever the other one was? Louis they Soir? turned off housing, so I think you just couldn't go into the... They must have done it so you can't go into them. Yeah. Because people were shouting and complaining. God, that one. was so funny. That was so funny. I people love paid it. money to transfer oh. or whatever, and they were like... They transferred, like, beforehand, like, the day, yeah. like some days before. <laughs> oh, and the screaming. Idiots. It was so good. That was so funny. Uh, well, I've yeah. Some, go on. I've seen some dregs of the Graha cult on, on Materia, but I haven't well, seen... Good many of them yet mm -hmm. i saw dragon graha specifically mm -hmm. oh. okay um, i'm all about the cream cheese person or whatever they're called <laughs> um, i'm glad you got to experience how the game's meant to be yes you have you've got mm -hmm. a taste of what the game's supposed to be like um okay well that is uh oceania congratulations uh oceania with your new data center um, moving right along this is kind of tied to this uh opening um Final Fantasy XIV is back on sale. You can buy mm -hmm. the game now. You cannot, however, uh, do the. You can't uh, get the free trial still um, because they need to monitor server stability still. That's fine. That is still very funny to me that we are still at that point where fourteen is literally too popular. They mm -hmm. cannot mm -hmm. risk having a free trial. Um, so they gave too much content into it. Revert it back to level twenty. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Or whatever it was. See, this is a side effect of them upping the free trial so much because you get like what is it now? It, it, it's like through Heavensward. It's it's up through Heavensward, yeah. yeah. Which is and which is because you can do everything on one character, you can get every class up, you can do all the relics for two expansions mm -hmm, worth. Mm -hmm. There's so there's too much content if you want to be that kind of player. Yeah. So I mean you're getting like two games for yeah. free, technically. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so uh, that's uh, that's uh, on hold still, um, but yeah, you can now buy the game. So if wouldn't it be weird if someone was watching this and didn't have Final Fantasy fourteen and they're <laughs> they're just maybe they started watching after it stopped being on sale and they're like, oh, I can't wait to play the game. Well, here you go, you can buy the game now. Yeah. Um, welcome. Or if you're a free trial player and you want to play the game again, buy it. Yeah, you need to buy it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wouldn't it have been strange if they didn't tie it like tie this to the release of the Oceanic data center? So they're just a bunch of like empty servers because the only people that can get on there are people that already have the game. Mm. Like any Australians are like, oh, finally it's time to play the game. <laughs> they made it available to us. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, tell your friends they they can buy the game now. Um, all right. Moving on. Um, the Omega outfits are now for sale um, on the Final Fantasy XIV you online store. Them. Yeah, a lot of people wanted these, uh, so now they're here. And I'm sure a yeah. lot of you have had a lot of fun 
with them. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of you expected more, but you got what you deserved. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. a onesie that can't be dyed. Mm. That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and it's also, it has this strange behavior of making male characters look very anemic when they wear it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. like the anti-minfilia effect from this. Mm -hmm. It's a very strange thing. Yeah. Hmm. Looks very funny on uh, a few races. Yeah. Well, I'm glad the people that wanted it got it because this was probably like one of the most requested ones. Uh, outfits. Yeah. But big question to those people: the Omega Gear from that tier that looked in this style mm -hmm. is better looking and can be mixed and matched. Why do you need this version? Well, I they have know. it now. It doesn't matter. But you've got it. it. So pay seven pounds for it or whatever. Yeah. And enjoy it. And yeah. don't dye it. <laughs> that, that is weird. It's weird that there's no dyeing option. It kind of feels like they were a little cheap on this mm. one. But whatever. Very cheap. Um, you, you can dye the, tome, the, the Omega gear in-game. Mm -hmm. so That's that. true. That's true. But you've got to do Savage for that, though. Ooh, yeah. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is scary. We... Haven't done that yet. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, patch 6.08. How exciting. <laughs> A 0 0.08 patch, everyone. Um, it has been released. Um, there's some buffs that we need to talk about, which is pri the primary bulk of um, the patch. Um, I don't think there's any nerfs. Well, arguably there's one, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to it. But uh, yeah, this, this sort of lines up with what Yoshi P said about not nerfing Reaper, but instead bringing all the other jobs up to its level. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that might be what we're seeing here. Um, so we'll start with uh, Paladin, who has had buffs. Oh, yeah. To, this is good. <laughs> some of them are quite significant. So, well, Spirits the, the Within... The blade chain is yeah. impressive, yeah. Uh, Spirits yes. Within has got a tiny buff from 250 to 270, which, you know, whatever. Um, which you don't use anymore. Yeah. Uh, Expassion. Is uh, ex lower levels. Ex Expiation. Expiation. Uh, uh, has had a potency increase from 300 to 340. So now That's you're already starting big. to see pretty significant buffs. Mm -hmm. Blade of Faith has there had a potency increase from 250 to 420. I agree yeah. with that change. I agree with that. Yeah, that's pretty very good. And Blade of Truth has had a potency mm -hmm. increase from 350 to 500. Uh, I agree with that change. <laughs> and, I love this. And Blade of Valor has been increased from 420 to 580. Ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. That is... But they're, they're I mean, massive skills. Yeah. Visually. Yeah. Yeah. They should do the appropriate damage. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're a tank, so you're not going to be doing, you know, massive damage. Right. And I believe Paladin had the weakest DPS of the four tanks. Maybe Warrior might have in, like, high-end content. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to Warrior, because uh, that, that one made me laugh. But uh, the... Um, um, yeah, it, it, overall big buffs, and also the those last three attacks, like Mela said, they're very big and flashy attacks, and it's it was kind of underwhelming with the damage they did before. Now it's going to be more fitting. Oh, they were still good, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, but now in perspective, <laughs> the first one now has the potency of the last one. 
yes. and the rest of increase. So it's it's yeah. very big. Yeah. Warrior. <sighs> of all the things to have its potency increased, Tomahawk has been increased from 100 to 150. Yeah, Warrior's already Tomahawks. <laughs> Warrior gets to be like this self-healing maniac at the moment. So yeah. Do they need it was just funny. as well? It's like if they updated like Shield Lob for Paladin. Was Shield Lob could do with some extra damage, <laughs> to be yeah. fair. Though. Shield Lob was already at 150, though. Yeah, yeah. Tomahawk was always below uh, yeah. Paladin, so I guess it's just brought it back to its level. Um, Monk... Jesus, these potencies. Yeah. Phantom Rush has been increased from 1,000 to 1,150. That shouldn't be allowed. I mean, because the the potency is already so high, you don't really, it doesn't sound like that's a big increase. That's a 150 Mm -hmm. uh, potency increase, which is quite significant. Mm. Um, So, oh, Shield Love isn't 150, it's 100. So, actually. That's interesting. Yeah. So, there you go. I thought it was 150. but okay, a hundred then. Um, so I assume Phantom Rush is used on like a one or one or two minute cooldown. Mm-hmm. I assume you can't uh, spam this right. powerful skill. Um, leveled monk. I have no idea. No, I like I've said nah. before. I've not even I played new monk still. Comment on monk Since at they all. turn it into a balanced druid or whatever, I mm-hmm. haven't played it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's fun though. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so Dragoon, which is another job I'm not an expert on. Um, Dragon Sights. This one has had a lot of changes. Range has been... It's quite a significant range increase. It's been range from, uh, sorry, increased from 12 yams to 30 yams. That's big. Pretty much anywhere in the arena now. Yes. So That's dra- not the important part of it, though. No. The, tar- no. the target party member is no longer required to remain within 12 yams in order to receive the effect of left eye. I don't know about that change. What's a it li- felt very integral to the ability, but... The, what's sad is that they've killed the tether because it says the no, channeling animation between the dragoon and I... their target has been removed. I don't understand best. why this was removed because Fey Union's... Uh, range was extended from like 15 yams to 30 arms last on in 0.05 and they kept the tether for that why did they take this away from the dragoons i i i i'm i can theorize that it it could be confusing uh also it's a it's very big like imagine if this oh, goes 30 yams uh, no it does. All right, i'll tell you no it's right if I'm a DPS and someone casts Dragoon Sight on or Dragon Sight on me, mm-hmm. and I get that tether, I'll know I've got it. So I'll remember to stay close to them and try and DPS more. Now I won't have a clue when anyone's put it on me. Well, the idea is that you won't need to know anyway. Yeah, you don't need no, to know. At any no, range, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I I don't like this change too much. Uh, I can see like I can see why. Because in fights that are very it. hectic and has a lot of like visual stuff on the gr- like on the you know in the arena, mm-hmm. this tether mm. being stretched like thirty arms across the arena could be confusing oh, yeah. in like a tight spot. Um, okay, so that that's the change there. Um, Raiden thrust has has uh, has had a potency increase from two sixty to two eighty. That's not quite. That's not a lot. Stardiver, however, has had a potency increase from 500 to 620. 
So 120 potency up there. Not too common a use, I don't think. Um, Heaven's, no. Heaven's Thrust combo potency has been increased from 430 to 480. That's quite good. Uh, yeah. Um, and Chaotic uh, Spring has had a com combo potency increase from 240 to 260, and a rear combo potency uh, increase from 280 to 300. So, I don't think any Dragoons mm -hmm. are complaining, other than maybe the Dragon Sight changes like just because they lost their yeah. visual if they're thing, increased but. i agree with the tether being across the arena thing maybe <clears throat> add a visual effect to the person who's got it though mm -hmm. just something yeah. to make sure you know you've got that on you yeah i think that it is valid to have a visual effect yeah yeah um okay uh for ninja uh oh god these buffs are very they're not there's nothing major in terms of what's been um like the increase, like slight increase on a few abilities. You... Um, I don't know if we need to go through them actually, but um, there's a one they're mainly combo action. Yeah, they're yeah. combo you've actions. A, you've got an increase on spinning edge, gust slash, uh, Aeolian edge, armor crush, and Hyosho Ranryu. Yeah, and they've all increased by slight amounts. So there's yeah. nothing major, but you've got a general increase. Yeah, well, the latter one has had a 100. Increase. Yeah, that's yeah. twelve hundred yeah. to thirteen hundred. That's very big. Yeah, but you're at the point there where your potency is getting a bit ridiculous. Yeah, to be honest. The same can be said for samurai, which has minimal um, buffs as well. Not, I guess. Um, is there anything worth mentioning here? Um, uh, it's the same thing. Hakaze, Jinpu, Shifu, Oginamikiri, mm -hmm. Kaishi, Namikiri. Kaishi. Namikiri has gone up by 150 from 1200 yeah. to 1350, mm. so that's another Both big. Both Namikiri skills got a pretty decent yeah. buff. Yeah, yeah, but again, it's it's generic buff. Yeah, and the same again for Machinist, Drill, Air Anchor, and Chainsaw. They've had like 20. This is very minor. They've all gone the same. Yeah, they've all gone They're from all 550 identical. to 570. Yeah. Um, for Dancer. Same, really. Same thing. Same thing. Cascade, Fountain, Reverse Cascade, Fountain Fall. Um, they've had minor increases, about like 20 or 40-ish. Yeah. Um, well, Technical Finish uh, has had four steps potency, but an increase from uh, uh, 1,080 to 1,200. That's in so, quite a big buff. Yeah. Black Mage. Uh, same go, again, really. It's yeah. not that exciting, but uh, Fire 3, 240 to 260. Blizzard 3, same thing, 240 to 260. Blizzard 4 has got 10 potency increase from 300 to, to 310. Fire 4, same thing, 300 to 310. And uh, Xenoglossy has got, gone from 660 to 760. That's a big So that's the biggest one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and We're you, already in a good place, though. Yeah. Summoner has had some buffs as well. Astral Impulse, 430 to 440. Ruby Rite, 430 to 450. And Fountain of Fire, 520 to 540. Not big buffs, but I don't think they need that much. Ruby Rite needs a buff that much. Ruby no. Rite was, I think, the most needed one. The, yeah. I mean, as yeah. someone who plays it, Summoner casually, because... That's the Ifrit's, casting one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Ifrit's uh, gem, which was always the weakest for the amount of time you had to lose while using it. Yeah. Yeah. But someone is in a great place. All it needs is amalgamating abilities together mm -hmm. so they line up mm -hmm. properly. Yeah. They have this weird thing where sometimes it's 
like the gem action and sometimes it's ruin gets replaced and it's stupid yeah mm-hmm. um so that's uh that's buffs for the jobs um mm-hmm. be, be, there's also like a, a change to pvp because of um the dragoons change and that's literally um, target party member is no longer required to remain within 15 yams. It's interesting that the the distance Range was bigger changed. in PvP because um, mm-hmm. it was 12 originally in battle yeah. content, but this was 15 um, in order to activate left eye. And the channeling animation, of course, is not visible in PvP anymore either. Um, what was the PvP skills cast range originally? Because that's not changed. What? Sorry, what range? Like the cast range to actually apply it to a party oh, member. right. That's not changed in PvP, so maybe you still need to be closer than you do for oh, PvP. Oh yeah, you're right. That doesn't. That's not listed. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how that works. Um, all right, maybe there's already ch- different rules for that. Yeah, skill maybe. and I don't know. Uh, okay. Um, I think that's it from um, from that's this patch. That's necessary from these notes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that is patch 6.08. Mm-hmm. That brings us... Should be the last yeah. one before... Should be the last one before 6.1. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on to uh, Mogmail. Now. And we'll start with this Mogmail from Valvedrix Varan from Ragnarok. Um, uh, greetings once again, speakers. As we're about to move in, uh, into our second major story arc, I've been thinking about 14 story gating. Personally, I'm all for it because it makes the game more narratively cohesive and makes the sheer amount of content less overwhelming when it's not thrown at us all at once. It's something other MMOs don't do, and I find them a lot less approachable due to that. However, looking at it from a new player's perspective, they have the base game and four expansions worth of story to get through now, which is at least 200 hours of content. If I had to uh, guesstimate it, if I had to guesstimate it, I feel like it's going to become less of a boon and more of a problem the further we go with this game. Since we're moving into a new story arc, do you think they should do something to make it accessible without needing to complete the Hydaelyn and Zodiac arc first or pay for a skip? And if so, how should they go about it? Aside from 14, the only other MMO I play is Star Wars The Old Republic, and it offers you a choice of where to start when you make your character. You can either start from the beginning, or make an expansion-ready character that forgoes all the catch-up. I'm not sure if that would work in our game at all, though. Thank you, and please stop killing my kin in Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> that, that is a reference. Um, yeah, okay. That's, yeah, this is a problem. That's a big issue. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's an issue that has been sort of growing... I mean, with each expansion, obviously, and it's something we've, I think, started to talk about a little bit. Um, yeah, at some now it feels most natural to do something uh, because since we have this story, it's done. Do you yeah. think it would make sense to have an option to start like post Heidelin Zodiac? Like, and if so, the thing how? is, you would if you'd wanted to do that. You'd need a, you'd still need a catch-up like <clears throat> synopsis of what's happened. You'd still need like a good fifteen to thirty-minute cutscene mm-hmm. to explain what's happened. Yeah, the... unless the new story is completely f- removed from it. 
yeah it's yeah they could have put they could put together yeah like a cinematic or something that explains the Heidelin Zodiac story and like mm -hmm. because one of the biggest problems is that the MSQ will still continue right so the mm -hmm. the, the scions will still have this connection mm -hmm. with you and will reference things that have happened in the past so I don't know I don't know how they're going to solve that do you think yeah do you think it needs to be a full synopsis, or do you think it just needs to touch upon certain key elements, like explaining who the Scions are, explaining key aspects of the game's lore, such as Dynamis, I guess, now, and Aether? Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, that's probably... Yeah, we don't want people to have to sit through, like, an hour-long, you know, no. cutscene. Like, do they fully need to know who Heidelin and Zodiac were? They're not actually going to be that relevant moving forward. Not uh, necessarily, but I, I, they, I don't think it. I don't want them to waste resources on like having a conversation options for if you've not done the old stuff. All the no, time. it would assume that you've done them. Yeah, it has mm -hmm. to assume. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, there will be a lot of work. Yeah, because that's kind of why they stopped doing the legacy stuff um, after like mm. a Realm Reborn. It well, they kept. They did it in Heaven's Word, I think, there as well. There are some tips to it, even now. Like, if you've not done this job quest, you won't get it. But that's, bit, that's but... on such a small that's... scale compared mm -hmm. to what we're talking about here. We're talking about someone who who has skipped the entire saga, the arc. Mm. Um, mm. And now everyone in the MSQ... Yeah, that's, that's a lot of work. Um... <sighs> I think it would be very interesting if they made some sort of like the equivalent to the intro cut storyline for Limpsa, Gridania, and Uldar. Except they started in Charlian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you end up going to the students of Baldessian or wherever, whoever is going to be our main hub moving mm -hmm. forward. But as you've said, that's going to be a lot of work. Yes. Yes. You could maybe tying that, you could maybe have them arrive in Charlian and have a an optional side quest where they go to like the studium and mm -hmm. get background law. Yeah. And if you don't want to do that, you could just get on with the MSQ. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I feel like you won't be able to enjoy this game to the same degree if you've not. It's, it's the problem it with first. this game, isn't it? Is that you? Yeah. You kind of have to go through all but that you can story. Get into it, you can probably build these relationships after the fact with these characters. Depends on, yeah, it depends on what, what they're doing in the next patch. Like, how the story will treat the Warrior of Light mm. at that point. Like, will they do a lot of referencing from now on? Will they ever, like, talk about, like, Hydaelyn and Zodiac in any you know, big way? If they're not yeah. doing that, then maybe it'll be easier. You know? Maybe this mm -hmm. is a new, like, truly a new chapter. Maybe um, that'll be part of the challenge of how they write moving forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's ways they can do it, but um, don't don't waste too much resource on. Mm. Well, at some point they have to to spend resources on making the game more mm. accessible. Accessible, mm. because I, we can't yeah. we can't just keep ignoring it because we are talking like like mm. Valodrick said like two hundred hours of story. That's a lot to dump on a new player. Um, mm -hmm. And the only only option then being spending more money on this game they just bought to get through. As we get further and further away from it, A Realm Reborn is only going to get more and more like unwelcoming in terms yes. of its gameplay uh, cycle mm -hmm. compared That's to the true. current game as it is now. Yeah, it's a tough one. 
bundle a story skip boost thing with the next expansion. Mm-hmm. And that is a possible. And potentially put in mm. a synopsis storyline, like, cutscene for new Ma- players. Maybe have... Because we have this uh, system in place already when you skip... Um, I think it's when you skip a level. Unless, sorry, not, not a level, but, like, if you jump a character, um, it'll place you in front of the... Um, the smith what are they called the smith no what are they called the uh, novice the smiths, the smiths. They are. um to like encourage you it also gives you like a pop-up you should be doing this now mm. maybe, maybe have they... that happen like with but with story recap and maybe add maybe yeah maybe maybe either add that to the smith or make a equivalent pc yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That stands next to them, and then the you can choose. And he just tells you everything. Yeah, then you can choose mm-hmm. to watch that synopsis, get into the story, or you can mm-hmm. make the choice to be like, I don't care. I'm just going to jump into yeah. this new story, and mm-hmm. then then you have sort of decided. Then that's fine, even if they are referencing old things. You know, <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you don't understand that because you didn't do the recap. Yeah, that's on you. Chose then. not to. Yeah. yeah, I would. I would go with that. <sighs> and that probably isn't too hard to do. Like, remember when they made that like. Um, that whole video, um, which is weird, it's not included, I think, in the... Um, was that a 1.0 thing? Uh, there's like a recap of the... No, it wasn't a 1.0 thing. It was a Realm Reborn that came with a collector's edition. It's Louis Swa narrating the story of uh, the Seventh Umbral mm-hmm. or Calamity uh, and the, like the days before. That was like an hour. And I'm Gosh. sad that that's not available in the game. I wish they had like some way of having that accessible in-game because it gives you all the lore about like 1.0 or even if not in even if not in game put it upload it to the final fantasy 14 youtube channel and have a link to it similar to how they have a link to the the community yeah it's really (laughs) interesting whatever it's called yeah yeah i I would i'd watch it yeah um yeah they only used to do this for um every new major arc i Mm -hmm. think so Mm -hmm. just do it this time well they've said this is going to be another 10 year arc Um, I, i can't imagine they're planning another 10 years after that. No. no. So, um, a 30-year ex- uh, MMO? Oh, we'll be so old by the end of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's... Um, uh, I was trying to remember what it's called. I, it's on YouTube. Someone has already uploaded it, obviously. But um, I am, unfortunately, I can't remember it right now. If I find it uh, while I'm editing... This, the link to it, will be in the description, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's very interesting. If you don't know the story about 1.0, you should definitely watch that. Uh, okay. Um, do we have... don't think we have time for more Mogmail right now. Uh, we'll save... One more. Okay, one more? Okay. Yeah. We okay, we only have half an hour. But, all right, we'll do it. Um, let's see. So the next Mogmail is from Azora Akari. Hey, speakers. I'm a machinist main and really love how cool the jobs look. Besides that stupid box sidearm that needs to be toggled. (laughs) I agree. Uh, um, But I've come to a realization. Machinist is kind of terrible. It feels bad that it has basically no party utility besides the party-wide defense buff that every other ranged DPS has. Where Bard and Dancer both get to help out with a wide range of party utility, especially Dancer. I just feel like a jerk being a machinist standing in my corner shooting, shooting things and not actually helping the party in any tangible way. Do you think machinists need more party utility? I was reading an uh, op-ed recently that suggested Chainsaw should apply a debuff similar to Trick Attack. Something, anything like that would be welcome. 
As of now, I'll continue to look cool, <laughs> but I'll still feel bad that I'm not contributing more than just mediocre DPS. Hmm. I mean, that's sort of the, the every type of me. Every type of DPS has this job, mm -hmm. the selfish DPS. For like casters, it's black mage. For melee, it's samurai, and for uh, range physical, it is machines. Thank you, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the unfortunate side of that is, machinist is also quite poor DPS. Mm -hmm. What it needs is mm -hmm. to be buffed in its DPS, so it's outperforming bard and dancer in terms of raw DPS, but they make mm. up that with their party buffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's... Yeah. I, I, I just can't stop thinking about that box. <laughs> this is the box side. Oh, I know it's lore. Thing? It's lore bound. It's because of the story of Machinist, but... I'm sure you can slash etherometer off, but it's only personal. I'm sure they added that ages ago. Did they? I know that was Gorse Barrel. No, yeah, it's Gorse Barrel. Barrel. No, that's Gorse Barrel. Yeah. Which is um, fun. Well, remember that? Remember forgetting to put on Gorse Barrel halfway through a fight? Remember so having ugly. anything that wasn't like a shotgun or like a big oh weapon? Oh my god. <laughs> Because that looked stupid. You, the you Remember you got the tiny gun from like PvP? The, yeah. yeah. Um, Wasn't your rotation you used to turn Gorse Barrel on for certain abilities? Because it was like the cast thing and then you had to take it off. Was, oh, God. Machinist used well, that to was be Heavensward. awful. Yeah, well, to be fair. had like a 28 button opener. Yeah, that was pretty shit. Um, excellent. I can't believe we Bard as well used to be caster. That's such a mm -hmm. weird chapter in this game where Bard had to cast. Mm, Heavensward was strange, and yeah. there are some people that are still nostalgic for that. I'm nostalgic for um, raging strikes on Black Mage. Mm -hmm. well, <laughs> that was radio patiently yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Regarding the idea of it getting a trick attack of its own. I suspect they want to save that for whatever ends up sharing gear with Ninja. Oh, yeah. That's probably yeah. true. Yeah. Which is a shame, because if you're not going to buff the party, you might as well debuff the boss, because you're, you're not mm -hmm. making up your DPS. Mm. True. Basically, change class. <laughs> no. Play what you want. Every class is technically playable. No, they're all viable, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. Right, um, there you go. Uh, thank you, uh, Usora. Um, now we move on to the main story, which um, <laughs> interviews with Yoshi P. There are two of them. There's one from Diamond Magazine and Nikkei. Nikkei? Is it uh, both? Interview. Yeah, Nikkei. Yeah, they're yeah. both the Japanese business magazines, really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like Financial Times. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, this, uh, yeah, the, the main sort of theme uh, for the, these interviews is the design philosophy behind 14. Um, so let's jump into it. Uh, when did you notice the public's need, public needs re MMOs had changed? That's a difficult start. <laughs> this is a difficult start, uh, regarding, uh, MMO, huh? When did yeah, you, regarding. yeah. And yes, the public's needs regarding MMOs have changed. 
Oh, now it made, made sense when you read it, Mela. Um, okay, <laughs> Yoshida says, About 15 years ago, the growth of smartphone technology allowed for asynchronous text communication. As a result of the spread of smartphones, the, the speed and volume of information rapidly increased, and the effectiveness of PR through mass media de decreased. The games and hobbies he spends time on have become more multifaceted. I'm assuming it's... And he has to spend more time on text and social media. Because of this, he found it difficult to pick the type of game where if you, can play, if you can't play for long hours, it's hard to have fun. Yoshida says, certainly, I'm not saying this type of game is unfun. I was raised on these games. I understand there's uh, a fun that can only be found there. Um, okay. Yeah? Old MMOs, there was a... It was a different time. There was a weird sense of community. But you felt like you were actually, you know, you belonged in that world. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm You had to work for it. Yeah. Um, the, old MMOs today, it's weird because you look at them and you're like, why did we play that? Like, what? why would you want to spend 25 hours trying to find, like, an onion like that that's the kind of shit you did in yeah, MMOs back then. It's like, oh, I have to find this think, rare onion. Wow. Yeah. You have the rare onion? <laughs> You're amazing. Do you have the you have the rare onion wall? Um yeah, we'll weird times. We'll never get that back sadly. Mm -hmm. No. Maybe. The world has moved on. There's still people playing RunEscape. That is true. true. RunEscape is and I mean 11, we keep bringing it up, but, but 11 has a lot of that bullshit mm -hmm. stuff in there as well. Um, but I don't I think, think I find it push through that opening. Yeah, <laughs> I I still like wonder every now and then whether like new if there's truly new players coming into eleven because they want to play eleven or because they accidentally they thought they got fourteen and that's eleven. <laughs> Which wow, that's a disappointment. <laughs> Oh, that would be so They're funny. like, wow, this game takes a long time to patch, huh? This mm -hmm. Final Fantasy XIV. Um, yeah. Um, the, the Let's see. Yes. Uh, because fourteen is based on a recovery project after a huge failure, <laughs> it was decided uh, to have a preference. We have a preference that more people come in contact with the game than before. The game design is, uh, even if you eat it bite by bite, it's still very fun. But from an MMO, <laughs> even if you eat it bite by bite, That's it's still very fun. <laughs> Surely it should be it's still so very weird. tasty or something. Or... Yeah. Either way, though, that is a weird thing to say. Because even if you eat it bite by bite, that doesn't make it less tasty. Well, no. I think the idea is that like he wanted a game... An MMO that you could either play for long periods of time, yeah. or you could play for short bursts, Bite size. drop it, and pick it up again. Yes, right. yeah. it's a Why weird is that analogy. The goal is to finish the burger, though. Right. Well, see, see we, we talked about old MMOs before, and that's sort of the difference, is that you couldn't do it piece by piece in old MMOs. You had to actually be there. I remember like camping for Notorious Monsters in in 11 having to sit up all night and then we'd had shifts mm. for people that be like okay i'm tapping out it's your turn now like that's how it worked in what he wanted was something where you can be like okay i'm out bye everyone and then come back at random and be like oh i'll just pick up where i left off and there's no worry mm -hmm. yeah. I, yeah but it's still a weird analogy i don't know i don't yeah um but for an mmo um 
The need for an exceptional experience you can only have in this intensified world is something, I think, that will gradually increase. So the needs change with the times, but also repeat. Is he, like, trying to predict the the second coming of MMOs? Well, like, a, a resurgence of MMOs. I think this would be yeah? the third. This would be the third, probably, yeah. Um, I hope so. Yeah, I feel the market's this weird... gone very stale. Well, what's weird, and I'm so sorry that I have to say this word, that this word has to escape my mouth, but this bullshit, the metaverse shit. What, M- what are MMOs but metaverse? Like that is we already we already do that. Have you seen this metaverse uh, shit? By the way, I can't yeah, believe MMOs what I'm that seeing. We have right now. You can't scam people to make real life money on very easily whereas the modern the new ones you will be able to mm-hmm. yeah the i'm the sorry future of mmo is bleak to be honest with you right now do you do you remember playstation home yes yeah, yeah. That was that's cute. what the metaverse is but somehow it's worse meverse or whatever it was what was is that what it was called meverse was never no meverse was a different as, thing as wasn't there a nintendo meta- thing though playstation home was this like um uh, it was like this hub. It's literally yeah. metaverse. I'm telling you right yeah. now. It's you just you walked be- around and you could buy shit and store. Like you could watch movies in the world. Yes. <laughs> PlayStation Home. Yes. Excuse me. What is Second Life that came out in? Oh yeah, Second Life, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same thing. But the thing, yeah, it's and now they've just twenty years almost. It ago. bothers me that they've made this like new thing called the metaverse and everyone has to be there by nfts or whatever the fuck it's so stupid i hate this world right now and here we are we've been like we've been doing this shit for years we've been doing this for decades um anyways (laughs) um what efforts have you made to retain the player base yoshida says uh, the development team plans not just for the immediate future but several years ahead but also the customer's demand for i want to enjoy myself now <laughs> is always the first priority to bridge that gap for over 10 years conversations with customers has been very important for final fantasy 14 uh, this led to a good cycle of customers bringing along more new customers he thinks this is the main reason the player base continues to increase oh yeah i i agree so you can tell this is a like financial or a business magazine because he refers to us as customers yes. and not players. Yes, mm. yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so there you go. That's, uh, I mean, he's, he's right though. That, that's how 14 works is by like, you discover the game, you tell your friends, and then your friends mm. tell, you know, it keeps going. Um, I would say that this, it, he's more also talking about how the 14 development team is more open yes. than like, interact with the player base than very other. open it's very so open so open that yoshi p will sometimes just sit down and explain like boring minute details about how servers work which is mm-hmm. i mean who else does that as you compare that to like i'm sorry but world of warcraft where they're you're lucky if you hear anything uh sometimes so you know it's it's yeah, that's one of the big strength of strength of strengths of fourteen, an S after a th. Impossible for Norwegian. The metaverse is a hot topic, but it could be said MMOs are already part of this. To what extent do you think it's true that games could penetrate the real world? 
Yoshida says, it's not a question. <laughs> it's not a question of whether the real or virtual world is better, but there's a clear route to the world uh, being transposed digitally. Whether that takes 30 years, uh, 50 years, huh? Whether that takes 30 years or 50 years due to the coronavirus pandemic, working from home, oh no, has increased and meetings have moved online. The next step is avatars to represent yourselves in meetings online. Oh. No. I kind of That's... don't hate that. But here we go, everyone. I've already warmed you up to it. The metaverse is neither a system nor entertainment. The world... <laughs> kind of insulting. <laughs> Good. The world... Sorry, the word internet is being used less and less because it's commonplace. Our lives are online. I predict the same will happen to the metaverse. Of course, there's a business opportunity there. He doesn't really say much beyond that. No, that's all he's going to say, really, about um, the metaverse. Uh, and I wouldn't say it's a, a great review of it so far. <laughs> and I agree. It's, it's not a system, nor entertainment. For mm -hmm. the most part, from what I have seen, it's people just standing still in the Nintendo 64 world with some like advertisements everywhere what kind of good. dystopian like shit is this yeah it's for the people that want to walk through times square without walking through times square and in 1994 technology it's so yeah, bizarre the real, world, the real world is too high definition Keel. it hurts my eyes yeah Whew. Whew. um okay moving on from that what are the conditions for a game to succeed in the future marketplace? Yoshida says, there's no right answer to measuring the success of an MMO right now. Whether it's m a momentary earnings, low unit cost of running the service, or having millions of long-time users. With the aforementioned uh, diversification of customer needs or reduction in free time, without defining what does success mean to us, we can't create a strategy to increase our profits and market share. There's that dry bit. That <laughs> yeah. This is a business magazine interview. Um, mm -hmm. In video games, there are many opportunities for accidental huge successes. Right now, I'm also working on Final Fantasy XVI. Um, but with how the possibilities for fun are unlimited, even if we aim for it, we can't be completely on target. I feel the production process itself is fun. <laughs> That's another business magazine mm -hmm. thing of where, mm -hmm. like, something as, like, benign yeah. as fun, <laughs> it has to be put in quotation marks because yeah. it's like, it's a, it's a measurable quantity. <laughs> Um, and then finally, what kind of year do you think 2022 will be for games? Yoshida says, I wish I could get more days I can go snowboarding. But since there are new no. challenges I want to take up in game development, they come into conflict, he laughs. For the industry, the number of titles utilizing the full potential of current generation consoles will increase. Players will be happy, but on the other hand, on the production side, we will reach a turning point due to rapidly rising production costs and increasing technical level of production. And whether those challenge challenges can be overcome will soon be a test. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, he keeps bringing up snowboarding. Where is the gold saucer snowboard game? Like, seriously, where is it? Uh -huh. It's his, He uh, loves snowboarding. Something is coming in 6.1. They have told us previously that there will be a new mini game mm -hmm. being added to the gold saucer. Maybe it is the next one. I don't Maybe. Hope it, I hope that it's not Blitzball. 
Blitzball Manager. Blitzball Manager 2022. Oh, I hope it's Blitzball Manager 2022. Oh, Lonergan would come back. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Um, I all right. mean, it could pull people in the same way that Mahjong did. Yeah, yeah, true. Oh my god, that would be weird. Like, people playing 14 just to play Blitzball Manager. I mean... Okay. There would be at least a handful. Yeah, yeah, at least Lonigan. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so this is the Nikkei interview. Um, oh, this is the best. This yeah. is the best phrase. <laughs> to get right to the point, why have so many players fallen in love with Final Fantasy fourteen? Mm-hmm. Yoshida says, it's hard to say the reason. <laughs> it's a fact the game is loved by so many people, and 11 years after what was called the failure of the century... <laughs> 1.0's launch. <laughs> I don't think there are many similar services still increasing in popularity. I love that. This Failure of the century, Tanaka. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's not easy to give an explanation why. However, I always think MMOs aren't just video games, but also services. I've been an online gamer since I was in my teens. I've had the experience of thinking I'm receiving a service. Discontent can build up. Users said they aren't buying a finished product, but a continuous service. Also, I felt the flow of information from the management side was inadequate. Misunderstandings accumulated, and the user user developer gap widened. Because of this experience, he thought that Final Fantasy XIV 2.0 must honestly face the players. That's why he started the live letters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... Comparing 1.0 and 2.0, like how, like developer side. Mm. Remember, they didn't even want forums originally. God, but they they when the game launched, they're like because of the because of the beta forums. There was a lot of confusion during the beta testing, and I don't think there were actual confusions. I think they were just being hammered by like angry players that were like upset at how shitty the <laughs> game was, and the, and then they just said, "Oh no, it's so confu- there's so much like confusion in the forums. Let's just not have any, so that people couldn't like complain, right? So it was like a tactic." Um, as if, as if, if there wasn't a specifically sanctioned location for mm-hmm. them to complain. Oh yeah, people would not take their complaints elsewhere. What was so funny though is that that spawned this like. Obviously, because there was no official forums, people made forums. So there were all these unofficial forums flourishing everywhere. Where <laughs> I don't think, hmm, I don't think I've ever seen like at, le- at least the the first couple of months like anything positive on any of those forums. It was all complaints. Um, what a wild west time it was. And then the absurdity of not having anything, any input from like um, uh, Tanaka or Komoto, the producer and director completely silent during the, Mm -hmm. while the game is crashing and burning, (laughs) people screaming in the streets, Mm. forums popping up everywhere, complete silence. On the lodestone, literally just going, let's have a pumpkin carving contest, everyone. It's like, (laughs) what? What are you doing? Uh, Meanwhile... A Realm Reborn, like the moment we had like server issues, Yoshi P's like com- like immediately on the forums. He's like, shit's bad. And then he the following day, shit's very bad. And here's why shit is bad. Like this m- long list of shit. You felt, mm-hmm. you really feel like he w- wants you to like, uh, like 
I don't know. It's weird. You know what I mean, though. Like, it's like Yoshi P. You mm-hmm. expect it at this point that Yoshi P. will tell us what's wrong immediately, and yes. we usually get a, an explanation within twenty four hours. Usually, if something's wrong. So, um, yeah, I I agree that that is, and it's also apparently very a very important. unique thing with for, fourteen. I I think other MMOs are starting to catch on to like how Yoshi P. is working, mm-hmm. but before Yoshi P. started doing this, that was sort of very normal. With MMOs at the time, <laughs> did, you, did you get attacked by a bug? <laughs> it was a mosquito. Oh, I see. Um, all right. Uh, yes. Uh, where are we? Um, uh, um, yes. Okay. So, uh, why do you give out so much? Uh, speaking of, why do you <laughs> give out so much information in advance? Shida says games are something you actively take part in, unlike video content, which is generally a passive experience. That's true. You get a finished product. It's already packed. They don't need to explain anything. The product should explain itself. Uh, therefore, if people don't have the expectation that playing now is fun, but it will also be fun from now on, enthusiasm for the game will decrease. This is actually the most important thing. From the very first stages of the relaunch of the game, when we asked, what is an MMORPG? We answered, looking forward to the future, having fun now. That's pretty. That's a pretty good. I mean, it's. I mean, it's. <laughs> it's clumsily translated, I think. But it's like looking forward to the future. <laughs> it's, having fun now. It makes sense because you're you're having fun now, but you're still looking forward to stuff that's yet to come. Well, when they tease some, yeah, yeah. like when they do the lifeless, it's like, oh, you'll get to do this dungeon, but we'll only show you a little bit. Yeah, because I, th- I think that's why he did the video thing, like a I movie mean, thing. Because you watch a movie, the movie's over fun is over that's over now but with an mmo you've done something like say you've cleared a raid that was fun we're ha- we- i had fun now mm. i'm looking forward to the next mm. do you know what i mean i think it's that's also what it means. similar it's reminds me of back before i played mmos when i was just like a console gamer mostly mm-hmm. where like i remember like playing games I'm like i'm having fun now oh the game's over now yeah. i have to look forward to the next right installment of fun see that six months time. that's also something we feel when yeah like when you finish a game that empty feeling <laughs> because you know yeah. it's over you don't really get that in an mmo because you're like oh that's done now oh but there's more to come mm. so you yeah. know yeah it's it's not a dead end with an mmo right like you might you might tire out and you might drift away briefly yeah but you'll always know there's something more to come and it's never from like oh it's over right Right. That's yeah. true. I often find myself stalling towards ends of games and sometimes mm-hmm. just never quite finishing them because I. Did you hate that mm-hmm. feeling of like I it don't being like done? It sometimes. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've done it with some TV shows as well where yeah. I'm like, I get oh, to yeah. the final season and I'm like, I don't know yeah. This <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Um, that became the key to users continuing to play for a long time. He explains that in the case of microtransactions, at that moment you buy what you want, and it's sufficient if the value is shown on the spot. But with a monthly subscription, players will inevitably look ahead to what comes next. Telling players in advance what they can expect leads to a sense of security and anticipation. This is a must for subscription-based businesses. I agree. Again, it, mm. yeah, you'd want to n- kind of know what you're paying for. <laughs> like, is is it worth it? Um, is that was that a piece of advice for Activision right there? <laughs> was it? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <Microsoft> now. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. How is that? <laughs> After the failure, we're fucked. 
we're all fucked. Um, anyways, after the failure of the century in 1.0, <laughs> how did you capture the players' hearts again? And I love I mean, this. It's not necessarily capturing the players' hearts because that implies they were ever captured to begin with. No, that's true. Well, they were at the, like, remember at the very beginning. It's Final Fantasy. So they, you come in with your heart captured and then getting it ripped to shreds. Um, yeah, but it, the amount of hearts they captured wasn't even enough. That's true. They needed more. <clears throat> yeah. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> uh, Yoshida starts with uh, immediate. Uh, just this is his answer. I wasn't on the original staff for Final Fantasy XIV, <laughs> but I was a Final Fantasy fan since I was very young, so I understood many players' sense of disappointment. It didn't deliver on what people expected. We had to sit down and face the players. While clearly showing where the problems are, we shared our thoughts and moved forwards presenting our plans. As a result, I think people who've played for a long time feel that this is a service that belongs to them. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, we've talked about this. There's a lot of MMOs that people feel a sense of ownership over it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's an evolving experience rather than something that is static. It's something we've talked about as well. It's like, it's why 14 has... Um, very dedicated white knights i'm sorry but i just i have to mention that mm -hmm. because they feel like we're like this phoenix that has been reborn and it must be protected at all costs um yeah so don't know if it will happen again right <laughs> right um but hey that's that's how it is um players also feel a pride in creating this service together with the devs yeah that also adds to that um, okay, a bit later on, the interviewer returned to the topic of 2.0's development. Uh, why did you choose such a steep road of making a completely new game? Um, Yoshida says, The main objective was to regain the lost trust from 1.0. As a Final Fantasy fan myself, I thought the greatest damage, damage was the severe harm done to the trust buildup over the years. If that trust wasn't won back, it would have uh, it would have repercussions for the entire Final Fantasy series. So when I was put in charge of Final Fantasy XIV and presented a plan to the company, I said, you can't think about it just in terms of profits now, but the profits in the future, if you win back trust. But if you don't do this now, the loss will be huge. That's very true. That's very this true. is also directly following thirteen, which, mm -hmm. while not a failure, was very controversial at the time. Yes, it was. I think thirteen was day. high budget yeah. as well. Yeah, and yeah. It went through too much iteration, so yes. they probably didn't make much of the money back. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, they. It's kind of like he presented it like that to the company, but also I think the company at that point were like, we, anything, <laughs> we'll we'll just mm. do it. We'll just do yeah. it. As someone who wasn't really a Final Fantasy fan back during 1.0 times and just after the 13 release, like, mm -hmm. I had the perspective of, like, wow, that's a dying franchise. Yeah. It was quite, that's fair. I had, like, a bit of an existential crisis. Because I'd always heard, like... Because 13 was disappointing. I played 13, thought it was shit. Um, but I'd always heard people that didn't play... Uh, well, sorry, I said shit, but you know what I mean. It's it's a it's it's a bad final. Dis I think it's a not great Final Fantasy game. Mm -hmm. But um, so uh, I'd always heard from people that don't play Final Fantasy that are they're like f like fourteen games at this point. Like you've milked it enough, right? It's you can't just mm -hmm. keep running. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not like that. But then fourteen happened. Like after like thirteen, I'm like, oh, maybe they're right. Maybe this game 
maybe this franchise has gone on for too long. This is the result. Like, look at this shit. Like, this is nothing. Mm. So yeah, I definitely felt that I'm. So I was starting to to wane off Final Fantasy during 1.0. Um. So that was a real risk. Yeah, he could have risked lo- They could have lost a lot of Final Fantasy fans during that. Um. Okay. Um. How did you put the production team together? Shida says, I'm basically a positive thinker. I thought no matter what we did, it couldn't get worse than it already was. So my Sorry. feeling so my feeling was <laughs> so my feeling was we have no choice but to get on with it. Uh, he sought to confirm the intentions of all the staff. He took all the staff out. Oh yeah, sorry, if you're a little confused, sometimes it'll uh, we'll we'll just be reading like uh Direct quotes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this this is just uh, a digest of what he said. I think this yeah. is not a. Yeah. I, well, I also think in the actual article it went from like direct quotes to also like summarizing words that he said. Right. Okay. Rather than like. Yeah. It's unlike an internet like interview. For the most part, they try and transcribe everything. Whereas yeah. these, they like to like. Neat enough, it has to fit on a magazine page. Right. That's true. Yeah. 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 Uh, he sought to confirm the intentions of all the staff. He took all the staff out to eat and told them, work with us for three months. After that, if you think this is no good, you can move to another department. We'll make proper provisions for your transfer, so it's okay to say you want out. About 90% of the oh. staff remained. Those 10% mm-hmm. kicking. Those 10% now, yeah, they probably go... Mm. Um, to keep up motivation, it was necessary to hold the team's interest, so he thought that the story of the new Final Fantasy XIV should incorporate the replacement of the old. Inside the game, the world was destroyed, and five years later, the world is reborn. The staff got on board because this sounded interesting. Yeah? Um, I think they chose five years because it wasn't five years in real life. It was three. Yeah. Also, they yeah, and five is five years is such an arbitrary number. Like, why didn't they go higher? Like to give it more time mm. to rebuild because five years is not a lot of time to rebuild after all no, of that. But there are characters that it would be weird. Like the company of heroes, oh, it would be right. weird if they were like forty years they ago. Ha- they had to, yeah, they had mm. to like, yeah, take that into consideration, of course. <clears throat> all right. At events and so on, the staff appear in front of players and they can see your faces. They understand the team is having fun making the game. Yoshida says... You can see your faces. I mean, that's true. Yeah. It it can feel very alienating when Again, the staff of a company is just so faceless to you. 1.0. Like, I barely knew who Ta- like Tanaka and Komoto were. I never saw... Well, I played mm. 11, so I had some knowledge of Tanaka. But I didn't really see him in like an, a 14... I had to look up interviews to figure that out, right? He didn't have, yeah, was weird. So yeah, that that is that was a that is a I big mean, deal. Would you have been able to name who Sokin was? He was working no. on one point No idea. Or Koji Fox. Nope, no idea. They they were never no no one was shown. Um, to win back trust, I needed to appear uh, out in front. Before I took charge of Final Fantasy fourteen, I thought that media appearances were mainly the producer's job, not my job as primarily the director. I thought it's not my I thought it's not my main job to take interviews. I can easily get carried away. It could lead to misunderstandings. So I avoided media appearances. Strained laugh. Of course. When it was announced I was leading this new team, the player reaction was, who the hell is he? (laughs) (laughs) True. So I needed to properly go out in front of players and convey what uh, what the problems are now and what we're thinking about for the future. Yeah, that was also a thing. Like Yoshi P was like nobody. 
when he was announced. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm. yeah. I mean, and to now be he's fair, everybody. Yeah, now he's everybody. Like he is Yoshi P. Um, mm-hmm. God, it's weird. Um, it's been 11 years. Oh my God, it's been 11 years <laughs> since the launch of Final Fantasy 14. Eight years oh, since the Realm Reborn. What's the trick to keeping the service running so long? Yoshida says, don't overstretch yourself. What's important in running a service is, even if you might be profitable now, don't invest that money into PR and so on without thinking ahead. So that players won't be disappointed five, ten years from now, you have to tighten up where you can. If you spend too much money on PR or marketing, but the player count and sales decrease, advertising costs will have to be cut. There'll be a public image that the game lost momentum and passed its peak, and this will discourage new entrants. They'll think, I really want to enter, but this service is already finished. So no matter how big this scale grows, I'm aware we must pay attention to profits. That's fair. <clears throat> yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing with, uh, like, a, especially if you have a subscription service, if you get mm. this, this like, sense that the game is already, like, past its prime, oh, you yeah. might you not want to invest. Right, right. No. Um, he ex- it's free. Right. He explains yeah. that even the fan fests are carefully planned, so they end up in the black, profit-wise. Um, she just says, I think... Oh, two financial times. I, th- I think the <laughs> hardest thing for players, or in other words, the worst... Or in other words, the worst thing the management side could do is to terminate the service. If it ends, the world will disappear, and you won't be able to visit again. Even oh. for one day, I feel I have uh, a responsibility to keep the service going. In an extreme case, as long as monthly profits aren't in the red, we can absolutely continue. It's okay even if the profit is one yen, so I pay attention to the immediate profibil- uh, profitability. Use the accumulated profits to maintain this world. Very true. Yes. Which is... close it down until <clears throat> it's rubbish. That, that's why Eleven is still operating as well, is because they want to run it as long as they can. it can pay for itself. Um, yeah. They're mainline Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. If they were to ever shut down, unless they created some sort of museum mm-hmm. like, style server that allows people to experience the game as it is to a certain extent now, obviously they won't be players everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's like two main stories in the series lost. Yeah. 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 And one of them, possibly one of the best, if not the best. Yeah. And then um, Eleven. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. But you know, it's still a story. I it still has a decent story. Enjoy the, yeah, even though I don't enjoy the gameplay loop so far <laughs> of Eleven, um, I would be very sad if this story was like non-accessible. Yeah, to Same. new play, new fans of the franchise. Yeah, I am intrigued by Eleven's world. I would like to get into it at least to experience the story. Yeah, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> the, the, I still hope for like a single-player version of that game, but. One day. One day. One day. All right, that's the interview. And uh, believe it or not, that's the show. Um, Thanks for watching, everyone. We'll be back next time. uh, Sorry, next week. Same time, same place. Remember to follow on Twitter at SpeakersXV, twitch.tv slash SpeakersOfHeidel, and youtube.com slash SpeakersXV, exclamation Discord in chat. If you want to join our Discord server, if you're watching on demand, link is in the description. Um, Remember to send us a mail, SpeakersXV.com slash mail. And if you're watching live, 
we'll of course have the post show where we'll be answering questions from the syndicate so make sure you catch that as well um yeah that's it everyone have a nice day goodbye bye You've just listened to an episode of Speakers of Eidolon, produced by Speakers Network. Producer for this episode was Lukeel Bravestone. Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy XIV is a registered trademark of Square Enix Holding Company Limited. If you would like to support the show, consider pledging to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash speakersxiv, or buy some merch at teespring.com slash stores slash speakersxiv. Link to both of these sites, as well as our Discord server, is provided in the episode description. Thank you for listening to this Speakers Network production.